Mac Power Users, Episode 178, The Contact Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Power Users Podcast. I'm Katie Floyd alongside David Sparks. How are you, David? I'm doing great, Katie Floyd. Good. Glad to hear it. So, um... We have decided to revisit the topic of contacts and calendars, and I am so glad we picked this show because I feel like I just have the most difficult time explaining to people how to best manage their contacts and calendars. And in fact, this came up this past week at my Mac user group meeting, and the entire hour of question and answer ended up getting, you know, one person asked a question, and the entire hour ended up getting dominated with calendar and contact, or mainly contact questions, and probably because I was explaining it so badly, and I just felt like a total, utter, and complete failure. Yeah, it's difficult, and it's harder than it should be. We covered this originally in show 42, which was in 2011, and a lot of stuff has changed since then, so I, I thought it was worth going back and kind of taking another look at it. The goal for the show is going to be to tell people how this stuff works, to make some recommendations uh, of our favorite apps for managing calendars and contacts, and also just kind of some common sense advice about how we set appointments and, and deal with contacts and calendars in ways that, that make sense using all the, the great tools we know about. Yeah. I guess before we get into that, though, I do just want to throw out a quick reminder uh, that we are going to do our first MPU live show coming up uh, in about a week from now on March 1st at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. I'm sorry, 10 a.m. I made that mistake once before. 10 a.m. Eastern or 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. There we go. Uh, You got it. I got it now. Live on uh, live on five by five. Live live is hard. So it's essentially after the Saturday morning lawnmower brigade finishes in my suburbs. Yeah, that's that's one reason. Right? Yeah. And and then gives everybody on the East Coast time to eat lunch. Then sit down and listen to the Mac Power Users. Yeah, and thank you to everybody who have sent in their tips and questions. And we especially love getting those audio comments for you. So if you want to record one using your iPhone recorder is great and just email that off to us. Uh, send us just a, any audio file that we don't have to edit preferably would be great. And if you could sit kind of in a quiet place and sit still, that would be helpful. One of the things I'm really looking forward about that show is the ability to engage with the chat room because we, we've tried to do shows before when we're doing like workflow guests or some of these content heavy shows. And in those shows, I'm either so into the guest or so into the outline that I just cannot look at the chat room. But I think this this format will let us actually engage with the audience during the show. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That or you are going to get so distracted and it's going to go completely off the rails very quickly. We'll see. Either one will be fun, I think. All right. Well, um, okay. please join us if you can next week, March 1st at... 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. There we go. Okay, let's get started. So contacts and calendars. I think we're going to tackle contacts first. Yes, let's do that because this is where I had my my utter fail. And I think one of the reasons, and, and this thing this came up in, in my mug, is one of the reasons I think contacts is so hard is because people tend to have their contacts stored in multiple places and they've got a few here and a few there and then they end up with duplicates when they try to merge them and they're not sure what's syncing and what's not and why can't I find the contact well sometimes I see it when I'm on my iPhone but I don't see it when I'm on my Mac and that that seems to be common problems with contacts that I think ultimately relate to people have got their contacts spread out everywhere yeah they do 
And it's, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around the various syncing mechanisms that exist. I know, for instance, I was uh, working with a contacts app, CoBook, which we're going to talk about later in the show. And at one point, it was only showing one contact and it wasn't showing the rest of them, and I just didn't have this, the right switch thrown, so it was looking at my iCloud contacts. I think you should keep and, it that way. Life is much simpler. Yeah, exactly, if I just had one contact. But, you know, even this stuff is really easy to get wrong. And then when the developers try to make it easier for you, sometimes they um, they have good intentions that lead to bad problems. For instance, I think one of the big issues, and we're going to talk about this, is the way Apple Contacts tries to combine contacts, and sometimes that creates all sorts of havoc. So let's talk a little bit about where people commonly end up with their contacts being stored. And this has changed a little bit with uh, Mavericks and with iOS 7, I believe, in terms of how, how the contacts sync. But there are a couple of places that contacts can be stored, and it's not all that intuitive unless you really look hard at, at what Apple's contacts is now trying to tell you. Uh, I really wish it was called a dress book still because it, it feels weird referring to an application as contacts. But if I refer yeah, to it, it as a dress book, you'll know what I mean. But it matches iOS. And that that's the big thing at Apple right now. You know, you, they want to kind of have some kind of parity between the Mac and the iOS. So if it's going to be called contacts on the iOS, it's going to be called contacts on the Mac. Same thing with calendar, which used to be iCal. It will always be iCal in my heart. Okay. All right. So long as you're happy, Katie Floyd. So if you if you launch up Contacts on your Mac, and if you launch it, it's easier to see on your Mac. You can also see it in iOS, but you've got to go into your kind of the specialty settings. But if you launch up Contacts on your Mac, you'll see that it depending on what accounts you have linked up, it will have a display for all Contacts, which is everything in all of your accounts. And then you may see things like, for example, I have iCloud Contacts, I have Exchange Contacts. And then you may see a separate category for contacts on your Mac. So just on your Mac, you will have separate entries for the contacts that are stored in your various cloud services. Uh, and then you could have contacts that are not stored in any cloud service and that are only on your Mac. And I think that's where some of the confusion happens, because if the contact is only on your Mac and you're running Mavericks and you're running the latest iOS, that contact is likely not getting synced over to your iOS devices because there's no longer the ability to plug in and sync your contacts from your Mac via wire to, to your iPhone. They want everything to sync now through the cloud. So my practice is, is I tend not to have any contacts on my Mac and I try to keep them all in a cloud service. But it's real easy depending on what email provider you use and especially if you used one in the past and another one now or maybe you split your time between multiple providers if you've put all that information into um, your Mac at one point, and now Apple will commingle all this information for you, you may have contacts in Gmail, you have contacts in Yahoo, you may have contacts in iCloud, and then you may have multiple Gmail accounts, you may have multiple iCloud accounts, and you may be seeing multiple contacts in multiple places all inside your address book. And then, yeah, so let me, yeah. can I back up there just for a second? Yeah, so please do. I think a very common problem is you're going to have a Gmail account and an iCloud account. I mean, let's just keep it simple, but this could get, this can get exponentially bigger. And let's say Katie is your friend. So you, at some point in your iCloud email address, you added Katie Floyd. And then at some point in Gmail, you added Katie Floyd as a friend. And now if you open contacts, Katie Floyd is showing up twice in contacts. She's showing under the Gmail account and under the the iCloud account. 
And then Katie calls you up and says, you know, I really, David Sparks is just so repulsive. I've decided to change my phone number until everyone except him. So she gives you the new phone number and you change it on iCloud, but it's not changed in Gmail. So all of a sudden you've got multiple sources for her. Some are right and some are not. And before long, uh, it's just, it's just anarchy. And I like that example, but I'm going to throw in a third level of complexity. Let's say I just call you on your phone and you say, hey, Katie, what number are you calling me from? And I say, oh, well, this is my new cell phone number. So you just, from your phone, you add me to your contacts. But where are you adding me to? Who knows? It depends on how your phone's set up. You may be adding me to your Gmail contacts. You may be adding me to your iCloud contacts. Or you may be adding me just to your phone directly. And so now you may have created yet a third entry that may be synced and maybe not and may have my phone number and may be correct and maybe not. Yeah. And it gets it can get messed up very easily. So what's the answer, Katie Floyd? Select all and delete. Wow. <laughs> you're, you're not messing around. Uh, well, do we I mean I can tell you what my answer is, but I, I don't think know that my man answer is gonna make sense until we talk a little bit more about the, the different types of services and what they do. Well, I, I think the answer is simplicity. It's trying to get rid of the extra services. Pick one horse and get on it. But I agree. But let's talk let's talk about the different services before you know, now that I've given away the ending. Okay. Um well the one that I use primarily, at least for all my personal information, is iCloud. And if you're listening to this podcast, you likely have an iCloud account. Uh, It's free. If you have a Mac or if you have an iOS device, you have an iCloud account. And it seems, at least for me, to do a decent job with sync. Um, David, I know you and I had that one little hiccup with with a calendar sync once, but now in retrospect, I think that kind of might have been my fault, but I wasn't going to tell you. Okay. Yeah. But for me, iCloud sync has, has worked pretty well for syncing contacts in calendars. And it's built in with every Mac and every iOS device, so it's just there. You don't really have to sign up for anything new. You've you've got it. And so yeah. that's my preference. I mean, iCloud is an interesting service because the, it's not just one service. You know, it's this whole group of cloud-based syncing services that Apple has created, and some of them work really well. Like, for instance... The document syncing with ByWord I have works great. The calendar and contact syncing works great. And some of them don't work as great when they're like trying to sync an entire database and there's other kinds of problems that are showing up. So uh, different parts of Apple are having varying degrees of success at turning this massive company with this massive user base into uh, cloud-based data solutions. And so it's really easy for people to say, well, iCloud doesn't work on function x so therefore it doesn't work on anything well that's that's just not true i found that calendar and contact syncing and iCal cal has been pretty solid for me i can't think of an instance where i've lost data because the system broke and we put the word out to listeners before we recorded the show and and i don't think we got very few if any emails complaining about data loss in, in iCal i'm sorry in uh, iCloud yeah, we had one person who complained about a some kind of bug in iOS where iCloud syncing seems to get turned off, but I think when they turn it back on it it resyncs. So that was the that was the only kind of hiccup I could find. Yeah. So I I think it's a good solution. The other nice thing about it is because we're using Macs and iPhones and iPads, iCloud is is the built-in system. I mean, the operating it's integrated into the operating system Apple 
you know, it just makes it work everywhere. So it's, it's very convenient. I mean, I think that's one of my legacy issues is, you know, for years I was, you know, before this stuff was even getting close to good, I was always trying to put together these scotch tape solutions of using multiple services because you didn't have the manufacturer providing all this great service. And it was just so frustrating and I wasted so much time that now I'm very hesitant to leave kind of the Apple solution for these categories of problems because if they can deliver, it's just going to be the best solution for me because it's integrated into the system. I mean, I remember uh, on when I had a Palm Pilot that it would just, about every month or two, it would just duplicate all of my contacts. And there was no rhyme or reason. I would wake up one day and there would be two Katie Floyds. And it, it seemed like then it would start to cascade. So like if I didn't immediately fix it, uh, I would go and like within 24 hours, there'd be four Katie Floyds and it would just, you know, be, before long, it would just be completely nuts. And they had this, the way you had to delete the X duplicate contacts was you had to confirm every delete and it was completely crazy. So imagine you've got, you know, 500 contacts in your database. You got to delete 500 times about every two months to, to, in order to keep it clean. So then somebody came out with this app and it was like $50 and it was like contacts cleaner for Palm Pilot and it would go through and delete the duplicates. And I was so happy to pay the $50. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've really come a long way on this stuff. Yeah. Now you can do that for five bucks with contacts cleaner for Mac. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but the thing is I don't need to, I, I, I can't, I don't think I've ever had that happen on my iPhone where I woke up one day and had two of everything. Uh, I had an issue, but we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, so let's talk yeah. about some of the other other services. Google is probably one of the next most popular that have been used, and Google's contact management is is pretty good. Um, for one, it's it's free and it's very widely used. I, the knock that I probably have against Google is that it it does have a pretty poor web interface just for interacting with contacts, because there's really not a Google Contacts web interface. It's just however it it interacts with with Gmail. Yeah, that's something they could improve. Uh, I think the the difficult part is if you're a big Gmail user and you're on a Mac, uh, you've got a big motivation to go with iCloud because you're on the Mac, and you've also got a big motivation to go with Google Contacts because uh, within Gmail, uh, having those people in your contacts really you know helps make Gmail better. It allows you to make better smart folders, and it's more intelligent, and you know, all the things that make Gmail interesting. Uh, it needs data, so. What do you do in that case? Well, there are a couple of options. You used to be able to fairly reliably sync your contacts on your Mac, your local contacts on your Mac with your with your Gmail account. And I think that option was removed in Mavericks, or at least it was moved. And I tried to use it, and it, it never really worked well for me. And so I've been using um, an app, for, and it's I use the one on my iPhone, but they also have an app available for iOS that will allow you to keep your contacts, whether it's on your iPhone or on your Mac, in sync with Google. And I've just found that using a third-party app for that um, seems to be the best. And I'll be honest with you, David, our, uh, oh, it's called a Contact Sync for Gmail, and it's at contactsyncforgmail.com. And like I said, they've got an iPhone version, iPad version, a Mac version, and uh, it does multiple types of sync with Gmail. So you can do um, a two-way sync or a one-way sync. So if you want to say, I always want the information on my iPhone or I always want the information on my Mac to be the master, just overwrite whatever's in Google or vice versa, or just keep all the information in sync. And it's worked very well for me. 
Yeah. So, and I, I think that would depend on which way you threw that bit, how often you used one or the other. Yeah, I think, um, I, oh, go ahead. It's just one more reason why I think I'm glad that I haven't really fully latched on to Gmail because it's just adding a, a layer of complexity that I don't really want in my life. Some, some, uh, there's a lot of benefits to using Gmail. And, and I think, yeah. again, contacts, That's- contacts and Gmail is a little bit weak. But if you can manage the sync, I mean, if all you're using is Gmail, then syncing up the contacts really isn't a problem. Because once you've got your contacts in Gmail, they're going to they're gonna sync through Gmail's cloud sync. So yeah, if that's right. if that's all you're using, it's really not an issue. It, it's it's yeah. when it's when you start using Gmail in addition to some of these other services. I mean, your problem is it's when you start using Gmail with iCloud that it starts adding an additional layer of complexity, which is when you've got to get one of these additional sync services to to help you with that. Yeah, which which gets back to the original point. You got to pick one. Yeah. Um, the other and, and just yeah. just on that point though, I mean, if you're a big Gmail user, you could use Gmail contacts and not use iCloud. Absolutely, yeah. It's not, you know, it's fully baked. You're not going to have a problem. And in some ways, it's better. So the other uh, service that you and I use quite a bit, and I think many people will use for work, at least that's what I use it for, in the enterprise is Exchange 365, which is Microsoft's cloud-based solution. Or just Exchange in general. I mean, Exchange 365, as I understand, is their product, the uh, the kind of the subscription model where they host it for you. But right. whether you've got your own server or whether you're using Microsoft's hosted server, the um, you know, I don't know anybody that uses that stuff for their personal stuff, but just about everybody that works for the man has got a, an Exchange contact database. Yeah. Now, this is – I have had lots of problems with Exchange 365 and contacts on my Mac – and I've I've not quite nailed it down, but I think I've gotten pretty close where um, contacts were duplicating and replicating, but just the email addresses. So if if I emailed you, but even though I had you as a contact and I had your email address in my in your contact card in my Exchange account, I would end up with just your email address as an additional contact card in Exchange, and then sometimes that contact card would that would start overwriting information in your regular contact card. And at some point I would start losing, maybe I would lose your contact card. I was having weird issues in my exchange account with things disappearing. And I think that I've tracked it down to a feature of exchange where it would automatically add your recently used addresses to your address book. And I think it was coming into an issue where it was trying to sync those up with information that I already had in my address book and it was overwriting things. So if anybody's having that same issue and you've come up with a better solution, let me know. But my solution to that was I actually went into the Exchange web interface. I had to go into the simplified web interface because you couldn't do it through the regular web interface and and turned off that checkbox to say, add um, people who I send or receive email from to my contacts, even if they're not in my contacts. And so far, it seems to be calmed down. Sounds like you solved the problem. I hope so. I hope so. We'll see. The, the other problem with an exchange is you are... It's a shared. Usually, it's a shared database of contacts. Whereas your iCloud or your Gmail is just you. Uh, the exchange can be ser- shared with your coworkers. So you have to be careful when you go in and start modifying data. Other cloud services also have contacts uh, management. Yahoo has contacts that you can. And Yahoo uh, email is getting more popular now. I think Yahoo in general is becoming more popular. I've not been a great fan of Yahoo to use as an email service, just because they don't provide, at least 
recently they haven't provided IMAP access unless you pay for it. I th- I know they do on the phone, um, but that's been a deal breaker for me. But Yahoo does have contacts, and and then there's whole this whole other realm of uh, cloud based contact solutions or or your own contact solutions. What are you talking about? Well, um, they've got solutions like Thirty Seven Signals. They've got sales. Oh, yeah. oh you're talking about a CRM? Yeah, like. Relationship management software. This is the stuff for when you're going to be doing sales. Like if you're a, if a salesperson, they always want to have um, a lot of information stored in their contact database about you know what's the last time you talked to them, what's their interest levels. There's all these additional fields into contact systems, and if that's your business, uh, there's some really excellent cloud-based solutions. This this is one of those things that started out as a as a um, hardware-based software solution, you know, people in sales would have these applications that help manage these relationships. And very quickly, I think this is one of the first major kind of business type applications that found itself to the cloud because it just makes so much sense to have that stuff synced up to the cloud. And then back in the day, it would get to your BlackBerry. Now it gets to your iPhone and it just shares the data everywhere. And I think the big one is Salesforce. Uh, a lot of people like that. 37 Signals had a product, and I'm, I'm kind of a fan of what they do, but I know they've been kind of changing their business model over 37 Signals, so I'm not sure exactly where they stand on their CRM product. But this is something that is very specialized, and for most people, not an issue. I kind of have my own like half-baked CRM system with, um, with the Apple Contacts app, which I'll explain in a little bit. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and and talk a little bit about the different contacts applications because I'm very interested. I've just started in preparation for the show, actually, playing a little bit with CodeBook because I've heard you talk about it, um, I think, when Lex interviewed you for a Macworld article. So I want to talk about contacts. I want to talk about CodeBook. But uh, maybe before we do, can you talk uh, to us about our first sponsor? Yeah, I'm... I'm really excited about this Omni Outliner. Uh, Omni Outliner 4 is now out for the Mac. And if you've been using Omni Outliner in the past, this is an upgrade you're going to want to do. The Omni Group has been working at this for over a year to make this a really outstanding update to Omni Outliner, which is the best outliner on the Mac and the iPad. Uh, so the new version's got some really great features. They've got uh, text zooming, so you can zoom up text and it won't change your print layout. They totally rebuilt the user interface. It's much more easy to use than it used to be. And it's easier to get work done because they have things like the resource browser where you can see recently edited files and choose templates. You can even apply themes to existing documents or import your templates from OmniAliner 3. They redid the sidebar, so it's much easier to see the contents of your outline and change styles. The inspector is cleaner and fresher. The styles are really cool, too. And I don't know if you've seen it or not, Katie, but Omni Outliner 2 is out for the iPad as well, and these styles work across. They're, it's really nice. Uh, they have theming, uh, column visibility, so you can turn columns off and on. That's actually a pro feature in the pro version. And they also have smart match technology. You know how in OmniFocus, when you just start typing something, it knows what you're talking about, even if it's not linear. Yeah. Like if I, it, it does that now in OmniAtlanter. It's like great. They're able to leverage all that work they've done in OmniFocus and bring it to OmniAtlanter. If you put hyperlinks in, it automatically converts them to URLs, and you can embed just about anything in an outline. Now you can put images, video, audio. Omni Outliner files, which is kind of cool. I, I'm working on a case right now where I have a master Omni outline, and then in it I've got like five different outlines 
inside the master so I can jump between them. It's kind of fun. Um, and it auto scales the images when you put them in so they don't look terrible. And uh, they just, they've just added a ton of great features. This is a really nice update and definitely worth your money. Um, you can get it directly from the Omni Group or you can get it from the App Store. Now, the standard version is forty nine ninety nine. Uh, the Pro version, which adds some additional features like column visibility, more exporting formats like Microsoft Word, if you want to get it up to dock, uh, folding editing, which is really kind of cool, export plugins, Apple Script, and advanced style controls. You get all that with the Pro version, which is $100. You can get it, like I said, either from the App Store or from the Omni Group. Now, I recommend you buy this one from the Omni Group because uh, this is a, a kind of a big app to buy, and you know they're going to be offering updates to it at some point in the future, and you want to get that upgrade pricing. If you already own Omni Outliner 3, like I did, you can buy it at the upgrade pricing now. So I got Omni Outliner Pro for just $50 because I had already paid for Omni Outliner 3. Uh, so go check it out at the Omni Group, and... Uh, let them know you heard about it from us and get get on board with this. This is a really nice tool. It it really I, I just use it all the time. So thanks Omni Group for sponsoring the show. Oh, you know I almost forgot to mention Katie. If you're a student, go check out their student discounts because this is so helpful when you're in school and they do have discounts for students. So uh, thanks Omni Group. Go check it out and let them know you heard about it from us. All right. So we've talked kind of an overview of the different. Uh, services that you can use to put your calendar or excuse me, to put your contacts in. We'll talk about calendars later. Um, but now let's kind of talk about the things that you can use to manage your contacts. And the main one that probably everybody uses or most people use is contacts on the Mac. And yeah. it, it did get an update with Mavericks. It's, you know, not a major update, but it got a little bit of an update with Mavericks. It, it got oh, uh, wait a second. Wait a second. One, 100% got- less Corinthian leather. Well, I, I think it got a lot better in Mavericks. It, the version before was terrible. I mean, it was always a decent contacts application. And then they got really into trying to make it look like an address book to the extent that they weren't displaying the data, you know, where there used to be three columns, then there was only two. I, I don't know what they were thinking, but in Mavericks, they, they made it, I think, at least usable again. Yeah. So that was for me. That was the big change. Is they definitely streamlined it, and uh, you can now at least see all the information when you go to look at a contact. Yeah, I mean, you can see both the the source, like like um, Exchange or iCloud. You can see the specific contact grouping and the contact data all at once, which bizarrely wasn't possible before. Yeah, and then you do still have the ability to sort your contacts into groups. So, for example, I've got I've got a couple of groups that I use. I don't use groups very extensively, and, and perhaps I should use them more than I do. But I have a group for Christmas cards. I have a couple of mailing list groups that I send things out to to different organizations regularly. I have a group of my Mac friends or MacWorld friends that I want to meet up with. But I don't use groups very extensively. Do you use them? Or oh man, I go crazy with groups. Well, t- tell me uh, how you use right, groups because right I, now, I don't think I'm being 20. very productive. Yeah, well, I, I make them both on permanent and non-permanent bases. So, for instance, I've got a group here, field guide reviewers. These are all the people who I send review codes out. You know, you only get 50 codes when you make a book. Right. So those things are very, you know, valuable. So I've got a group of people for there that the reviewers I send things out to. I've got 
in relation to the day job, I've got one called attorneys, which just holds attorneys. I've got one called clients. I've got one called, you know, job related. And it's like vendors and things like that. I've got um, personal business, um, some of the networking stuff I'm involved with. I've got specialized groups for those. I've got one called FOD, Friends of Dave. And they're people that I use uh, as kind of my inter inner consultants, you know, the type of law I do is very specialized. And sometimes I need to talk to a guy who specializes in bankruptcy and there's, I have a bankruptcy guy in the friends of Dave database. Um, I also make them when I go to events, like if I was going to go to Macworld, I will make a Macworld 2014 database and I will put just in that the people that I expect to be around during that event. So, it's like you'll be in there, Katie, mm-hmm. and you know our friends. And that way, when I'm there, I can very quickly get to whoever it is I need. I've got a, I've got a group full of fictitious names, you know, because yeah. sometimes when I'm doing sample things, I want to be able to use a contact database. You know, I, I've, I really think this is useful. I've got ones related to my kid's school. I mean, it, I find it very useful in my head to be able to categorize things. Uh, the problem with this is that putting people in these groups isn't intuitive or easy. For instance, if I, uh, one of the great features I like about the Mac is in an email and I get an email from a new person, I can hit the little disclosure triangle next to their name and automatically add them to the contact database. And with the more recent iterations of OS X, this has got more and more useful. I mean, it used to be they just put whatever they thought belonged there in the contact database, and that was the end of it. Now you get this nice little modal pop-up, and you can go in and kind of adjust the data. And it'll even compare it to an existing contact if you're adding data. But they still don't give you the ability to put people into groups at that level. So uh, if I see a new person and I want to put them in my Friends of Dave group, I need to add them to it. Then I need to go into the contacts app, then find them, then drag them in, which is kind of nuts. I probably should start using groups more. No, it's really great. I think it's it's a it's a great feature. And the, I guess one of the power tips I would say is don't be afraid to make temporary groups. Like if you're going on a little trip, if you're if you're taking your family away for a week, make a group and put the hotel name, the airline, the uh, travel company name, the you know the scuba guy's name, you know, just put in whoever you're going to need to deal with on that trip. It's just really nice to be able to very quickly drill down to that stuff. Yeah, that's true. I I do use, you know, there are some other features in contacts um, and I don't know if people use them as often as they do, but there's some pretty powerful features in the contacts app. If you go into the preferences or excuse me, I'm sorry, if you go into the print options and you can, I mean, doing in contacts, there's more than just, just viewing your contacts. You can do things like you can create address labels, you can print envelopes, uh, you can do all kinds of things within contacts. I, it actually used to be a little bit more powerful, I think, because I, I used to use contacts to make all my Christmas card labels. And it was really nice that, um, you know, if I had um, David Sparks and I had a contact card for you and I had your wife, Daisy, um, it would be smart and it would make the address label out to David and Daisy Sparks. But now it's not quite so smart and it doesn't do those things anymore. But I can still create a group and, and get some decent address labels out of it. And you can even make return address labels for yourself. And so you can get really custom within contacts and use that information and actually get it out of contacts and do some stuff with it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the ubiquitous contact management application, just like we've talked in the past, how when a software uh, manufacturer or, or a, 
I'm sorry, a operating system manufacturer like Apple or Microsoft chooses to add a certain application to their system, it has this effect of crushing um, competition for better applications to do that in the ecosystem. So as soon as Apple starts shipping a contacts app, then who's going to make one to sell because they know most people are going to not want to spend money on something that they already have for free. And I I think that's the downside of the contacts app is that it, it doesn't innovate that fast. We only get a new version whenever there's a new operating system. And while it's great that Apple's getting more updates to their operating system out, I don't get the impression that they've got a ton of people at Apple spending all their time sitting there thinking about how can we make a better contacts app? It, it almost feels like more like an afterthought, especially in the Mavericks version. And while I grant you, I'm very happy that they kind of restored some of the functionality. It's the most vanilla looking app I think in, in Mavericks. I mean, if you're sitting in front of a computer right now, just open the contacts app and look at it. It's, I understand that they removed the Corinthian leather and all that, but it's just it's just a standard dialogue box. There's nothing about it really of, of interest. Yeah, and and I would agree that I don't think they added a whole lot of new features. They, they cleaned up. I mean, the big one would be the three panes, but other than that, they just really, it was a cleanup job this time. And, and maybe they'll spend some time adjusting it. And I don't know. It, there really aren't any plugins for the Contacts app, though. It seems like if, if developers want to do something with the Contacts, they've really got to develop their own app. And, and we'll get into CodeBooks in a minute and, and talk about that because I'm, I'm really curious about what they've done. But I, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the features that you can do with Contacts. Yeah. Because there are a lot. I mean, we talked about the mailing labels and we talked about the envelopes. Um, and you can also make lists. So one of the one of those uses that if you've got a specific group, you can you can print out a, a list with some information about the people on those groups. So maybe if you've got a group um, for a specific trip that you're going on, you can print out a, a one page list with all the information about that trip and maybe give it to your neighbor or something if if that was something that you wanted to do. Another feature you could do is if if you have your Macworld list and you want to send an email to everybody on your Macworld list, you could open an email and just start typing Macworld list, and it's automatically going to pull everybody from that group into the uh, address line of your email. Yeah. But you can also customize the information in contacts. And while the information that they give you in the default template is pretty comprehensive, name, telephone number, address, work address, home address, and things like that. There are, and many people may not realize, many additional fields that you can add to customize a contact card. And I would really encourage you to go in and to the extent that it's appropriate, add additional information to your contacts and, you know, include information about their spouses and include information about their kids. And if you've got additional numbers for them or additional addresses for them, go ahead and put those in there and you can even edit the labels. So if someone's got a a beach house, you know, you can, you can have a home address, a work address, and then you can edit the label for one of the addresses to be beach house or something like that. And so you, that way you don't end up with multiple contacts, you know, you don't end up with, with Katie, and then you don't end up with Katie's beach house as a contact. Yeah, and so let's talk about how you do a few of those things. The first is to add a field on the Mac. You go to the card in the menu bar and go to add field, and there's a whole bunch of them in there. One of the ones I, I frequently use is phonetic, first or last name. If I have someone who's a contact who I don't know that well or don't speak with that often, 
and their name, when I hear them say their name, sounds different than the way I hear it when I read it. I add the phonetic first or last name so in the future I can get that right. Um, another one I often use is the birthday field. So you can put a birthday in and then you put somebody's birthday in there and then there's a setting in calendar that will put those birthdays on the calendar. So when I just see like a even kind of a casual acquaintance on Twitter uh, say, hey, today's my birthday. I'll just go ahead into their contact and add their birthday right then. And the next year it'll show up and I'll be remember to send them an email or a gift or, you know, depending on how close I am to the person. Um, you can add Twitter accounts and all sorts of things. So all that's done through the card menu uh, add field. Now to change. Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you find that you're constantly adding the same field over and over again, you can adjust the template that Apple Mail, or excuse me, that Contacts uses uh, inside preferences. So one of the preferences options is to change the template so that going forward, that field will just be added. Yeah. And now if you want to change a field, like you've got like cell phone and you've got home phone and you've got cabin phone. So uh, you do that in the contact itself. When you've got the contact open, you hit edit. And then where you've got the name listed, there's the little, it's usually in gray, like work or mobile or whatever. You tap on that, there's a custom setting. If you type in custom, you can type in whatever you want. And that will um, propagate over, at least through iCloud, I know it does, over to your iPhone. So that's really great. Like I, I have a friend who has like four phone numbers, and I always forget which one that he wants me to use because he's got the work number and he's got the work cell and the personal cell, all this. And one day I just said, what number do you want me to call? And he says, this is the one you should always call. So I wrote preferred. That's it. That's the custom label for that number preferred. So um, when I use Siri or when I'm looking it up, I can always call his preferred number. That's a good idea. Yeah, there's, there's a lot you can do in there. Uh, the, the problem with all of this stuff is that it seems like to, to make these changes takes a lot of mouse clicks. Mm. Well, before you get into tips for that, I, I do have one more trick to do within contacts. Okay. And, and that is we were talking about adding fields and we were talking about adding information. The most important thing is you want to make sure that you do that to your own card. And everybody within contacts has a me card. And you want to put as much information, I think, as you can about yourself in the me card. And I put information about uh, people who are related to me. And this, in part, is where Siri, or actually this is where Siri draws her information from. So I yeah. put as many people as I can think of who I'm related to. I put my mother's name, my father's name, my brother's name. Uh, you can add fields for assistant. So if I say text my assistant that I'm running 10 minutes late, um, it knows who that is and it will text her. Um, you could even, I even made a custom one for my trainer, my personal trainer. I should text my trainer that I'm running 10 minutes late. And it can, so that Siri can do all those things. So you can customize those relationship fields and, you know, add as many as, as you feel is necessary to get stuff done. So that was the last that, tip I had about context. That's a, that's a good tip. The, the other thing you do in your own personal card is set a nickname if you want for yourself. Oh boy. That's what, what, what? I was just going to ask what nickname you have set for yourself. Um, not the one that you're thinking. Okay. Cause, um, I, I'm not sure what you're thinking, but it concerns me a little bit. No, no. It, it calls you Max Sparky, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. But that, that's how I solved the Max Barky problem is I gave myself the nickname Max Sparky. And so, and it's kind of cute when Siri talks to me and calls me Max Sparky. It makes me smile. So, so give yourself a nickname. Why not? Is your, is your nickname in Klingon 
Katie? No, I think my nickname is just, I don't think I have a nickname. But, it's like Akro. But you can also set nicknames for other people. Yeah. And which is, do you have a name for do you have a name for your batlith though? <laughs> I don't think I bet you do. I don't. I don't have a name. You don't have to tell us, it's okay. Okay. So all right. So that's all about Apple's contacts. And actually there's one more thing. Oh, there's one more thing. All right, go ahead. Leverage the notes field. Yes. Leverage it like crazy. Tell me okay, so tell me I, I told my trick about how I put people drink people's drink orders uh, in the notes field. Yeah, I mean the notes field is just an open text field at the bottom. I know there's a, a carriage limit on it, but I've I've never run into it. I don't know what it is, but so when I was talking earlier about CRM software, that's my notes field. I put all sorts of little notes about people in these these notes, and sometimes it will be things like kind of a quasi tagging system where I'll put a hashtag and a word like referral or something. But to be honest, most of that stuff just goes into specialized groups for me. But what I really use it for is just keeping track of things. Like if there's someone I am, well, I get, let me back up. Okay. So I, I would, I like to keep track of communications with people in relation to my work, which is usually related to just kind of general communications or there's stuff related to a specific project. If it's a specific project, I'll have a NV alt note that I, you know, use and I, I keep a communication log in there and that's all done with text and text expander. But then there's other people who I just speak with occasionally about sending them work or getting work from them or just general notes. And for the, that kind of stuff, I do it in notes field and I have a text expander snippet, um, XDS, which is a date string and, or XDTS, which is the date string plus the time. And if someone gets on the phone and asks me a particular favor or question, or I ask them something, I'll, I'll run that text expander snippet and then I'll type in a little quick note about it. And then I can kind of keep track of it. And then if they call me up in six months, I can look at that note and I'm like, Oh yeah, we talked six months ago about this and this is where we stand. So it's just a nice way to kind of keep little notes, um, I, I know sometimes you can do with fields, um, like, but even just things like someone will tell me like their son is really into swimming. And then I'll remember that there's somebody I know whose son is into swimming and I just found something that's really cool. Well, this is all searchable. So if you open up contacts and you type swimming, you're going to find that through the note and you're going to be able to send the link to the person. So I keep all sorts of little notes in the notes field. I talked about it in an article that Lex Friedman did for Mac Macworld and, uh, I think it's one of my power tips for contacts. That's a great idea. I need to I need to make more use of the notes field. So, but I tell you, I am really excited to hear you talk about Cobook, and so I want to tease that. But before we do, can I talk a little bit about One Password? Yeah. All right. So I want to talk about our good friends uh, who are sponsoring this episode, One Password, and we've talked about One Password quite a bit. And they allow you. It's an app that allows you to use. One password, meaning you know what your one master password is, to get access to all of your passwords that you use across all of your various devices and services. And the reason that you want to do this is because one password makes it easy for you to use unique passwords that are super strong and super secure across different services. And all you have to remember is your master one password to get access to all of these services. And it will sync across all of your devices on your Mac, on your iPhone, on your iPad, and whatever you want to do. But if you're only using one password on your Mac to fill in passwords in Safari, 
that's great. Or, or whatever your web browser of choice is, whether it's Firefox or Chrome or any of that, the, you can certainly do that. And that's a great place to start. But if you're only using one password on your Mac, you're really only getting, I think, half the benefit of one password. And they have a great app for iOS that is a hybrid app. So it works both on the iPhone and the iPad that is probably, I probably use one password for iOS almost 50% of the time that I'm using 1Password. Maybe not quite, but it's starting to get up there. And so because of the magic of Dropbox or iCloud, depending on your preferences, all of the information, whether you put it on 1Password for Mac or 1Password for iOS, is going to sync across and stay in sync across all of your devices. And on 1Password from iOS, it really got souped up with the latest version that they released. It's been about a year now, and they just keep continuing to improve on it. So in 1Password for iOS, you can view all of the information that you have stored in 1Password, whether it's a login, whether it's a uh, information about software that you've put in your credentials, but you can do so much more than that. You can change your passwords. It has that magical 1Password password generator built right in. So you can create super strong, secure passwords and change all of your passwords on iOS and not have to worry about them. And it will sync across and and manage all of your devices. Um, You can also use the 1Password browser, which has become one of my most used browsers, especially on the iPad, because I do a fair amount of online shopping. And I love just whether I'm lounging on the sofa or if I'm in bed late at night, I'm going to use 1Password. And they've got a one-tap bookmarklet that you can install on your browser for your Mac. And if you're on a site and you need to log in with your 1Password credentials, click that bookmarklet. It will take you to the 1Password iOS app. You can type in your master password and it will open whatever page you're on in the 1Password browser uh, inside 1Password. And now you have access to all of your 1Password information. So if you need to create a login, so maybe you want to sign up for a new site or service, you can go ahead and create a login right there within 1Password. Uh, If you want to do some shopping and you want to sign in and shop securely and be able to autofill your passwords or autofill your credit card information, you can do that within 1Password. It's got multiple tabs, so you can browse through multiple things at once. Everything that you can do just about on a regular web browser, you can do within the 1Password browser. And uh, it is just a phenomenal, phenomenal resource. So uh, it runs on your iPad, your iPhone, your iPod Touch. It does require iOS 6 or higher, but I would imagine if you're listening to this show, you're probably running iOS 6 or higher. And uh, it's just a great app. It's currently at version 4.3.2, and they just continue to innovate. So you can find it in the App Store, uh, the 1Password hybrid app for iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, and go check it out. Yes, go check it out. And thanks, 1Password, for supporting our show. So, Katie, I've talked about how there's some ways you can leverage contacts, but I've also talked about my dissatisfaction with the general clunkiness of the interface. Yes. It it just makes me a little crazy to go in. Like, if I want to go in and add you know, the name of Katie's Batlith to her contact. I have to go drill through the application, find Katie. Then I have to hit the edit button. It's just, it's just a lot of work to get there. And what's the um, Klingon word for sweet justice? Wouldn't that be a good name for Batlith? Uh, Sweet, sweet justice. I'm sure someone will write this and let us know. Actually, you just may name it after me. Won't you? (laughs) I I call it Max Barkey. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Katie's revenge. Um, 
Well, anyway, uh, I don't like that. And I don't like the way when I want to, someone calls me on the phone. This, this is a scenario. I'm on a phone with somebody and they said, Hey, I got a new phone number. And I'm like, Oh, great. Let me add it to your contact. Well, in order to do that, I've got to go open the contacts app. I got to go find the person. I got to hit the edit button. I got to find the right field. And they just want to give me a phone number. So what I end up doing is writing it down on a piece of paper and then maybe or maybe not getting their name on that piece of paper which is really great. Like a two days later, when you find a piece of paper, that says a phone number on it, you know, actually that's one that, of Merlin's things. That happens. But yeah. Uh, but the, it's just like, Oh, don't you hate that? I mean, like you have no idea what that is, but at the time you wrote it, you were perfectly confident you wouldn't forget. And it just never gets into the system. It'd be much better if you could put it in to your system at the moment they tell you and contacts just doesn't lend itself to that. So I started looking for options and I, I found this app Cobook that I'm very excited about. Um, I don't remember if I paid for it or not. Um, are they currently it's, it's, for... It's free with an app purchase for additional features. Okay. okay. And I don't know what additional features are because I, I don't think... I, I, I bought it before they had that model. I think I paid something for it. But it's just a really great app. So it opens a really simple window and you start typing a name like Katie Floyd. And once you find Katie Floyd, uh, it selects the contact and you can do things to it very quickly. Like if I wanted to add Katie to a group, you know, that big problem I was talking about earlier, how I had to like take the person and find them and drag them into the right group and make sure I got the mouse on exactly the right target and they didn't end up in the wrong group. If I just type hashtag Apple, which is my Apple group and hit enter, it's automatically going to put you in that group. I don't need to do anything else. Hit enter. I'm done. If I start typing a phone number, it's going to know that's a phone number. And then it's going to offer me to choose what kind of phone number it is, whether it's a cell or whatever custom field. And I can do all that with my keyboard tabs and a return key. And this is just so fast. It's much faster than doing it through the Apple application. So this is really my window to the contacts application. I, I basically work out of it. If I want to add a note, it's the same thing. I can just start typing a note up there and the application is smart enough. Once you start typing things about what we talked about or whatever, it's going to say, Oh, this is not a phone number or an address. This is a note. And it, it gives you that default. Now you can switch it to some other field if, if the program gets it wrong, but it's kind of like fantastical for contacts. So have you now I've I've been kind of on the bandwagon for this for some time. Have you actually tried it? Yes, I have downloaded it on both my um because you you didn't mention they have a iPhone version, an iOS version. Yeah. So I've downloaded yeah. it on both my Mac and um and on my iOS devices. Have you played with it? I have played with it. And so let me t- the current model and I don't know what it was when when you purchased it, but the current model is it's free, but then if you want to link it to for example your LinkedIn account, I think it's a 2.99 an app purchase. And if you want to link it to um, I think it's free to link to your Twitter and Facebook account, but then you can link it to LinkedIn or Instagram or other things and that those are in-app purchases. Okay. Well, I guess they got to make money. And then it can also pull the information from those various databases. So if you, and it will merge that information if you want it. So if you have somebody who's a contact of yours, but maybe you just have their email address or maybe you just have their email address and their phone number, but they have a LinkedIn account that then has additional information, you can merge all that information together. Yeah. And, and also like their images, if they've got pictures on LinkedIn or Facebook, it'll, it'll incorporate that into the image, which is really kind of nice because I think it's really great when my phone rings, seeing their picture, 
but taking the time to like manually add a picture to every one of my contacts is something that I'm just never going to do. Yeah. And it's, it is a different in-app purchase um, for adding those kind of integrations, both for iOS and Mac. I guess you can't integrate the in-app purchases with each other. Yeah. Uh, and I should note, I don't know if this is still true, but it used to be able to link Twitter to the contacts app and it would go pull images for you with the native contacts app. Is that still true? Yeah, I think you can do that. The I yeah. at one point had linked um, Twitter and Facebook to Cobooks, and yeah. I haven't played much with the settings. And I, I know you're such a big Facebook user, David, but um, yeah. <laughs> at least at least with Twitter, the the thing that I didn't care for is I I have no interest in having people in my address book or contacts who who I just have Twitter accounts for. And so what it did is it went out and it found all my people that I follow on Twitter. And it put their Twitter information in my address book. But if I didn't already have them in my address book, it just put their Twitter information in my address book. And all of a sudden, I had like accidental tech podcast in my address book. And I'm like, I, I don't need an entry for that in my address book. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of got flooded. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's no fun. But um, but it did when I linked it um, at least on the iOS app, and I just linked it maybe a few minutes before we started recording, so it's been a little while now. It it found it does seem to be going through and finding pictures for people, so that that that's helpful. Hasn't found everybody, but it seems to be pulling. I think the main database it's pulling from is LinkedIn to find pictures for people. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a really great application for one reason. I can quickly add and modify data with the keyboard and not the mouse. Yeah, that's helpful. And it's just really great. And because I aggressively use groups, I can put people in groups very easily. Uh, you know, that scenario I was talking about when they give me the phone number on the phone, I just open Codebook, I start typing the new phone number. I, actually, they open Codebook, I type Katie, and I select Katie Floyd. So that takes long enough to me to type Katie and hit return. And then I start typing the new phone number. And then it knows it's a phone number and it adds it to Katie and I can adjust what kind of phone number it is. So the problem I had before of not being able to capture directly in the contacts is absolutely solved by Cobook. Yeah. Um, I haven't used the social and media integration as much because um, as weird as it sounds, I just don't use those many of those services very much. Now, Cobook uh, did announce in January that they were acquired by um, – another team called Full Contact. Who, and I'm not familiar with that particular organization, uh, but they have been acquired now. So it'll be interesting to see what direction this takes going forward. Now you always wonder, is there a creepiness factor about this? I mean, there's another app I want to talk about for managing contacts on iOS. And as they get more useful, you wonder, you know, this is my contact data. I mean, this is the cell phone numbers of personal friends who don't want their cell phone numbers out there. Um, how far down do you go down the road with these cloud-based services um, if if you're afraid you're going to put your friend's data at risk? Like, I, I feel perfectly comfortable that Apple is not going to start, you know, mining my contact data. But that's not true for everybody else out there. Yeah, I guess you start to get a little nervous that if I go ahead and link Cobooks with LinkedIn, and LinkedIn is something that makes me nervous to begin with, I must say. They're just a little bit creepy uh, with the yeah. amount of information that they can fill out. But if I linked Cobooks with LinkedIn, did they just all of a sudden get all my – we need to do some more research on their on their privacy policies. Yeah. yeah and exactly agreed. what information you're giving them. Yeah. So, But 
it is very quick and and that was something that I think we desperately needed on the Mac. And I don't think Apple's contacts is ever going to try and solve that problem. Now, that, that does get solved, I guess, somewhat by if you just want to view contact information with an app like LaunchBar or Alfred, but not so much the editing part. Exactly. And that's – how do you really use this data? I mean, I – if someone calls me and says, I want to change my number, I'll open CoBook and do it there. Or if I get off the phone with them and I want to add a note to their contact card, like I was talking about the notes data, same thing. I'll open CoBook, start typing in and quickly save it to their contact. But the most frequent use for me in my contact database is I want to call somebody. I just need their phone number. And um, at, at work, what I do is I use LaunchBar or Alfred. Both of them have really great services. If I start typing Katie Floyd in LaunchBar Alfred and I hit return on the phone number, it gets it a nice big thing I can read across the room. I probably do that 20 times a day. Well, you all, we also had some other utilities that we wanted to talk about with respect to contacts. Um, we, we already talked a little bit about Contacts Cleaner, and I know we've talked about it in, in previous shows. But that is an app for the Mac, and I'm not sure if there's an iOS version. I've only used it on the Mac. But the idea being that if all of your contacts are syncing back and forth and they're all on your Mac, then really having Contacts Cleaner on just your Mac is fine. But inside the Contacts app, there is an option, and even with inside Codebooks too, to if you've got to look for duplicates and to merge duplicate information together um, so that that instance when you end up with multiple contacts um, you only end up you know you're you're going to reduce those and only end up with one but contacts cleaner just does that so much better yeah yeah it's really a great five dollar investment yeah and it i mean go ahead it, it, it finds things that i don't even realize problems i don't even realize i have yeah, because it will it will scan your contacts and it will do things like sometimes um, I'll end up because you have a first name, a middle name, and a last name field, and sometimes I'll accidentally have somebody's last name in the middle name field, and I don't know how that happens. But if yeah. that's the case, that person's um, alphabetized incorrectly, or that at least they can be, and so contacts will say, "Uh, looks like you've got." No last name, but you do have a middle name. Do you want me to fix that by making the middle name the last name? And so it's very easy sometimes to end up with an extra space. Like, for example, if somebody's name is Joe Smith, if you're typing it, you might accidentally end up with an extra space before the S in Smith, which can also throw off your alphabetizing. And so Contacts Cleaner will go through and say, you have an extra space in this name. I can go ahead and remove that for you. And it will do things just that are that I find nice, like it will reformat all of your phone numbers so that they're in the same format. So it will say, okay, well, if you have a phone number that doesn't have an area code, it's probably your local area code. What is that? And I'll go ahead and put an area code in. And how do you want your phone numbers formatted? You know, some people like area code dot first three digits dot next four digits dot, or some people like parentheses and some people like dashes. And so how do you want that? And that's how I'll format all your phone numbers so that they look pretty. Or if you have empty fields that are, are not supposed to be there, I'll, I can go ahead and delete those empty fields for you. It, it's very powerful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just get, and it seems like every time I open it up, there's, there's more it can do to fix my contacts database. Um, 
that was a good investment. The, the one thing I will say, um, and, and this is a good thing to know anyway, is that you do want to make a backup, and Contacts Cleaner will warn you um, of your contacts just in case you accidentally click a button and you delete a bunch of things you, you don't mean to. And and let's, let's talk about how to do that. It, it's pretty simple. In the Contacts app on the Mac, what I do is I go to All Contacts and I select All, and then if you go up to the File menu and Export, uh, you can export either a, a vCard file or, or one of the other uh, contacts formats and move forward from there. Yeah. And just I don't keep think it's a, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad idea to just put an OmniFocus task in to co- back up your contact database every six months. Yeah. Well, this is uh, we've got a lot more to go with contacts. So I think this is going to be a contact show, and we're just going to talk about calendars next time. Yeah, it's kind of funny because this morning I emailed Oh, actually, last night when I was working on the calendar outline, I said, "Katie, there's a whole show on calendars," and, and I, you wrote me back and yeah. wrote back and said, "I think there's a whole show on contacts." <laughs> and we're like, "Well, let's let's just try and do it in one show." Well, here we are, an hour in, and we still have quite a bit of material left on contacts. So, sounds like it's going to be two shows. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk more about some uh, contacts utilities, but before we do, why don't you talk about our next sponsor? I'd be happy to, and that is our friends over at Hover. So Hover is domain management made simple and friendly. You know, <laughs> there's like this this thing about domain services. Dealing with them is just like dealing with used car salesmen. People don't want to go there because they always feel like they're going to be taken advantage of. And Hover is a company that came into the field and said, "We're going to do it the right way." They have simple domain management. If you go to Hover.com, you set up your account. They've got this really great control panel, so you can see exactly what you own with them. They give you, instead of giving you a thousand options trying to trick you into buying stuff you don't need, they just give you what you need, like domain privacy is baked right in. When you buy a domain, it's already got the privacy turned on, which everybody is naturally going to want. Uh, they give you assistance in dealing with your old providers. I mean, that's one of the big hangups I had when I switched over. It's like, oh, I don't want to deal with these other guys. They're such crooks. And Hover went back and, and they talked to them and they dealt with them for me so I didn't have to. Um, they're customer focused. They're not cross sell focused. So when you, when you sign up with them, you're not going to have to go through this gamut of, of yes, no dialogue boxes that ends up, you know, tripling your bill. Um, and they have really deep help support. They have tutorials, videos, answers, even advice on how to leave hover. How many companies tell you how to leave? Um, awesome phone support with this no wait phone support policy. So if you call them from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the phone rings, someone's going to pick it up. You're going to get someone on the phone to help you. It's a company that has good intentions and great execution. And they've got something going on right now that I want you to know about. Uh, they are getting into these additional domain services. The ICANN is releasing all these great new domains, kind of what they call hipster domains, like .co, .me, .io, .guru. Did you know that one existed, Katie? Ah, I want a um, guru domain. .ly.sh. And they've got a bunch of these on sale right now over at Hover, so you can get going. So like, let's say you wanted to do t.guru for a website, tguru. I mean, why not? Um, uh, you can combine them like the .co is good for your companies like Acme, you know, .co, um, like .sh is now available and on sale. And that one is really useful if you want to combine it. Like I like fish. You could make that like if you were into like aquariums, I like fish and uh, I like F I dot S H S H. And that's your website. I like fish. Actually, I looked at that one before we got online for the show and that's available. I mean, 
that's pretty that's a pretty good domain that you could just go out and buy dot uh, io is really popular among techies katie is katie's website is katiefloyd.me that's on sale right now yep. and and hover is right on top of this and there's a whole bunch of new ones coming out in the very near future some of them may already be available like dot photography dot clothing dot gallery um so if you feel like you missed out on the dot com names like I did for David Sparks. My name's too common. Someone beat me to it. Yeah, someone uh, got Katie Floyd, too. Yeah, so as you look at these uh, new things, like if you're a photographer, you definitely need to go buy your name dot photography. And that's coming out. So so you can do all this at Hover. And, and they have, like I said, they have great service. It's just, I'm so happy that they sponsor us because it's a, it's somebody that I really respect and and you, I use for all my own personal business. They also have uh, Google Docs support. I mean, or Google uh, App support. They also do email. They've got all this great stuff. You get a discount if you go in and you write Angry Katie. That's going to get you a discount. So, so go get Angry Katie. Get yourself a discount. Go buy some cool domains and tell them at Hover you heard about them from us. You can't get Angry Katie. I bet that one's available. AngryKatie.me? It's not. Well, AngryKatie.me probably is. But I have uh, KatieIsAngry.com. You do? I, I didn't know I that. I do, yes. <laughs> do you point it at KatieFloyd.me? I do, yes. I, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like that, Katie. Yeah, I think... Kind of a thing going there. I think I bought that uh, I think I bought that during a hover spot, actually. Yes. Yeah. So, well... I, I think that's why they sponsor us, because we you and buying. I... Yeah, <laughs> it just pays for itself. Yeah. Well, thank you, Hover, and thank you for the clever coupon code, Angry KT. Um, yeah. So, all right, more about contacts. Yeah. So we covered the Mac, I think, pretty well. I'd like to talk a little bit about the iOS contacts management. Okay. Um, so, how do you do it? it? There is an app on the iPhone called Contacts that nobody ever uses. Right? Do you ever use that? That was all I used. What do you use? I just use it through the phone. Oh well, meh. Well, I mean, it. I remember that that the app didn't exist originally on the phone. The only way you accessed your contacts was through the phone app. And then when the iPod Touch came out, they made an app called Contacts, which was basically because they didn't have a phone app. And then at some point, the Contacts app made it made its way over to the phone operating system as well. And I bury it in a utilities folder or something. The way I really access Contacts on my iPhone is either through Siri. You know, I'll say, show me Katie Floyd's phone number. And it does. Or the search bar. I mean, oh, if I yeah. Wanna... That's probably true. That's probably, yeah. I guess, I guess I never, you know, I should take that off my home screen. I really should. Yeah. So if you're on your iPhone and you just drag down in the, the search bar that pops, that, that drops down, just type Katie and you're going to get, it's going to, one of the very first hits is going to be Katie's contact card and you touch that. Then it opens a contacts app with Katie's contact card in it. Now for editing, I, I think in some ways editing phone numbers and data is easier on iOS than it is on the Mac. Mm, okay. I mean, it may be easier just because it's the device that you have with you. Well, yeah, but I, I just think, I'm just not happy with the whole editing process on the Mac version of Contacts. I think it could be so much better. 
I, I, I don't know. That's just a small point. It's, it's just a little something that bugs me. But uh, on the phone, I think it's more direct. You hit edit, then you tap the phone number you want, and then you can do it, or you can hit the plus button, add a phone number, et cetera. It's, it's, it's much easier, I think. Okay. You don't sound convinced. Well, I just, I, I don't think it, I mean, it, it's, it, it just seemed, I guess. <laughs> sure. Boy, Katie. There's a lot of unstated comments in that. Hmm. <laughs> but anyway, so so you've got the contacts app available. It's on the iPhone. It's on the iPad. It works great if that's what you want. Um, what Are there any tricks you use in that app in particular? I didn't know there were any tricks for the contacts app. I think the trick yeah. that I'm going to use is to bury it in a folder because there's really no reason for me to keep it on the home screen because you're absolutely yeah. right. The only time I ever access that is through Siri or more likely through spotlight on the phone. Yeah. I'm just trying as we sit here. Um, I just typed in Apple to see if that got my contact list, my Apple contact list. You know, if I could just open that up from the search bar, it doesn't look like that works. Oh, I will, I will tell you one tip that is, it's not really a tip, but one of my law partners has contacts on his phone so he he just recently switched over to an iPhone and what yeah. what he and it drives me crazy I will say this but he has what he calls his phone contacts and then he has his what he calls his computer contacts okay and so okay. so the contacts on his phone are organized in such a ridiculous way, but that's how he's used to them because he had, you know, just kind of an old flip phone for years. And so his phone contacts, he probably has about 30 people in there and they're his 30 most called, you know, the 30 people that he calls regularly and he has that information in there. And then his computer contacts, you know, he may have 300 people in there or more. And he only wants to, and he has different information. So he has me in his phone contacts as Katie, just Katie. Of course, he doesn't put all the information in. And then he has me in his computer contacts, probably with all my real information and, you know, in my address. And, you know, it's a more complete contact list because people manage that for him. And so when he actually needs to find somebody or needs to find information for people, he goes to his computer and has his computer contacts. Well, the reality is, is that through the magic of, of sync, all of this information is really on his iPhone. And so he wants to be able to see his quote unquote computer contacts on his phone in the contacts app, but his quote unquote phone contacts on his phone in the phone app. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sounds like an example of something I would never recommend to any listener of the show. No, you would never recommend it. But but what I wanted to point out is what you can do is if you only wanted um, – you can have different views. So when you go into the phone app and you look at contacts and you pull up your contacts in the phone app, you know how you can view people by group? Yeah. You can have one view or one group view in the phone app. So you can have, for example, if you have a group just for phone favorites. So you can have that be your default view in the phone app. And then you can have another group be your default view in the contacts app. So that was a whole long story just to tell you that. I didn't know you could do that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But why did, Why doesn't he just make I know. the people favorites? Yeah, I know. Because in the phone app, you can do that too. I know. But even then, I like... Like launch, uh, what's it? Launch Center Pro. 
Watch Cinepro, the, the app that, you know, I kind of like. It's a, like a launcher app. It's kind of an automation tool on the iPhone. They just came out with an iPad version. I've been playing with it. But one of their big features is you can create a button that will call a contact. So like if I could put a button in there that would call Katie's Mobile. So if I open up Launch Center Pro, there's a picture of Katie. I tap it and it calls her. I still find that just, you know, holding down the home button and say, call Katie Floyd on sale. There's just nothing faster than that for me uh, than having Siri do it for me. I agree. And then for if I'm in a place where I can't speak to Siri, having you're listed as a favorite for me and and you're mobile. So I think we can go through a lot of hoops to try and, you know, have other options for doing this stuff. I mean, like I think dial Vedica was when we talked about the last time we did this show. And I don't even know if that app still exists. I mean, that was years ago, but that was the app that you opened up and it had your most common contacts and you pressed a button and it called them for you. I think the built-in stuff is just fine for this. Okay. So more contact stuff there. Yeah. Well, Oh, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Well, you haven't talked about Codebooks for um, for iOS. Do you not use it? I have it, but I rarely use it. I, you know, the the advantage of quick entry that I get on the Mac, I get quick enough entry on the, the built-in app on the iPhone that I don't use it that often. I mean, like I said, you know, there's two ways you use contacts. One is modifying them, and the other one is accessing and using the information. Um uh, you, examples of the second category are, you know, dialing Katie Floyd. Well, the way I would do that would be either drag down and search her name out and tap her tap the button for her phone number and it would call it or use Siri. I mean, none of that stuff is using a contacts application. Uh, quite often, my wife and I will share contacts. You know, I'll add one for a friend of ours and then she wants to send him a birthday card. And I'll go into the contacts app and I'll hit the little sharing button and email or text it to her and then she'll add it to her list. Um, so those, those are the functions I use it for. Um, the other problem is if someone calls me and says they have a new phone number, well, I'll do that. Usually I'll, I'll be in the phone app already. I'll just go to their contact card, hit edit and go for it. So I've bought probably like 10 of these contact replacements over the years because I can't help myself. But at the end of the day, I, I rarely use any of them. So I, currently I have CoBooks installed. It's got a clean interface, quick entry. It's very. It's got the same look as the Mac. Uh, like you were talking about earlier, it integrates with your social media in ways that pulls data that you can't use in the native contacts application. I still just don't find myself using it that often. How about you? I just installed it, so I'm not a good person to say. Yeah. I like the, I like the look of CoBooks for sure. Um, I yeah. just don't typically browse. You're right. I don't typically browse my contacts on on my phone. And just like, for instance, I, I, I was talking earlier about how I make a lot of groups uh, in the native application on the iPhone or in the iPhone app, the phone app itself. It's very easy to filter down those groups. You just tap the word groups and then click the one you want and then you can scroll through it. So I think Apple's actually done a better job of making uh, an interface on iOS than they, that's kind of gets back to my point earlier it, in a lot of ways. It's a better experience on iOS than the contacts app is on the iPhone. I'm sorry on the Mac. So as a result on the Mac, I'm looking for other solutions where on the iPhone, it's good enough that I'm not really that interested in other solutions. Another one though, that a lot of people really like is smarter contacts. Um, S M A 
ARTR contacts. And I spent some time with that this week as we were prepping for the show. And I used it for a few days. And it's got a really nice interface and shortcuts. And uh, like Cobook, but even probably more so, it's really into the social media elements. Like you put in your Twitter and your Facebook and all these accounts when you get in it. And it tracks all this information with these people. Like it tells me the first time that you emailed me. And it tells me it's got a little chart about how often we talk to each other. And it helps you kind of sort by importance because it knows how often you interact with people. It's kind of, it's pretty clever, really. Um, uh, setup takes a while because you've got to add all these accounts to it. But when you're done, it gives you options and does some thinking about your contacts that I've not seen in any other application. And I kind of like it, but at the same time, I'm not sure how often I'd use it. And this is another one where I'm thinking, should this be creepy? I mean, the fact that they've got that much information about how often Katie and I talk, it, I mean, what are they going to do with that information? The app is free. So it starts to make me wonder. Yeah. And I have no, I have no understanding. You know, I, I don't want to disparage these people. Maybe they're, to, you know, what, who knows, but it's a very clever, useful um, application. It, it does some really great stuff with your data, but I would want to stop and think about, you know, how this all works and where it's being stored. Yeah, that does. Hmm. I can't see where that would be a problem. Yeah, but it, it's got some nice features. Like inside of it, you can see social media updates from inside the contacts app. So I can kind of get an idea. Like if you check in on Facebook, I can see where you're at. Oh, hey, Katie's at Disneyland. It's just up the street. I'll I'll go see her. Might be at Disney World. Might be at Disneyland. I think I'm going to Disney World this year, Katie Floyd. Oh, that would be fun. We should totally meet up and go to Disney World. My, uh, my 12-year-old has told me that she's getting older and it's not fair. That she hasn't been there, so that sounds reasonable to me. <laughs> so I may be going to Florida. All right, I think you should do. We're working on it. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, Evernote because I use Evernote for contacts, and I use it. I know we're kind of in the iOS section, but Evernote yeah. recently added the ability to scan business cards with their iOS app. I don't know if you've played with that at all, but it is surprising. No, it is surprisingly good. I mean, it is it is wicked good. And so if you go, you know, Evernote has had this ability for a while where you can take a picture of a post-it note or you can take a picture of something and it will create an Evernote note from it. But then in one of their recent updates in the last month or two, they added a business card scanner. So now you can take a picture of a business card and it will pull the information off of that business card. And you can tell it to add to um, an Evernote-specific notebook. So I do have an Evernote notebook now that's called Business Cards. And you can optionally have it add that information to contacts because it will parse all the information on that business card um, into the appropriate fields and add it to your contacts. And you can set it to add, um, if you want, then you can respond to somebody once you've added their information with your information that you've given Evernote to tell it to send to people. And for example... I had someone give me a business card, and their name was Marilyn, but they prefer to be called Lynn. And so they had crossed out Marilyn on their business card, and they had handwritten Lynn above it. And Evernote picked that up. It was freaky. So wow. when it went to put it in, in the – when it went to parse out all the information, it put their name in as Lynn. And boom, they were – I have set that to be in – to add all the information to my contacts – but our friend Bradley Chambers, who we had on the show not long ago, had a really interesting post on his site back in January. 
and we'll throw a link to that in the show notes, that basically makes the case for he manages most of his contacts in Evernote instead of in contacts and only keeps his most important contacts and contacts and just basically saying, you know, your iPhone is not a Rolodex. And he stores all of that information in Evernote and really just uses his contacts app, both on the Mac and the iPhone for really contacts and people that he knows and wants to keep in there. Yeah, I disagree with that. See, I, I would want, I want my iPhone to be a Rolodex. I want to be able to get a hold of anybody. Like if someone asks me for a referral to some specialized attorney who I've got in my list, I don't want to have to log into Evernote to find that information for the person. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. And it, it, so, it's, could, go ahead. Could, so, but you, you glossed over this. So, so Evernote will share that information into your contacts database. Yes, it will. Okay. Well, see, that's a big deal because, so there's all these apps that we've had over the years to capture business cards. It sounds like you're saying Evernote can replace those. I think it well, It has for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's what is the sync like now? Does it does it pull in your contacts into Evernote too, or is it one way? It just sends it out to a contact card. No, okay. So what happens is you take a picture. Someone gives you your business card. Yeah. And so keep in mind, I started this a month ago, so I already had hundreds of contacts in my contact database, and so I created in, in contacts, in contacts, not Evernote. in contacts, yeah. not Evernote. Correct. So I created a new Evernote notebook called Business Cards. And you could call it whatever. I just called it business cards because I'm not very creative. And so I set up Evernote that when I take a picture of a new business card, it, it does two things. It saves a picture of the business card into that business card notebook, and it pulls all the information off of that business card and then will save just the information as well, you know, in more of a text type format instead yeah. of having to read it off the business card. In as well with that with that note, so every business card you scan becomes or you take a picture of becomes a note, and then there's a checkbox you can turn on to say yes, take every business card that I take a picture of with the Evernote camera, and share that information also with contacts. So if you choose that option, which I do, all of that information that it pulls from the business card then gets synced up with the contacts app on your iPhone, which then of course means it syncs up with everything else. Yeah. So, but it's not pulling in all of your contacts into Evernote. No, it's not good. Good. And it does a good job of identifying fields and all that. It does a ridiculously good job. Wow. Okay, Katie, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Evernote previously had an app or they still have an app called Evernote. Hello. That did a really yeah. good job of doing that, but it didn't pull in all the information. Like it pulled in more social information. It would pull in their name and their email address and their phone number, but it wouldn't pull in addresses and it wouldn't pull in titles and things like that, which in my business and your business and really any business, I think is very important information. Uh, but yeah. this one does in the Evernote. Nice. And now it does. Yep. I see. I was aware of it, but I hadn't tried it. And I didn't know, I wasn't sure if I was creating like an Evernote sandbox for contacts. No, you're not. Which is what Bradley's done intentionally, but I don't want that. I want it to go across to contacts. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. And, and Bradley could also use this now to add to his, let's call it his Evernote Rolodex. Did you know that right now Evernote's on my home screen? Wow. It's, um, it seems to be growing in uh, use for me. Well, so I, convenient. I want to talk a little bit more about best practices. I, and that's how I want to wrap this show up because we're starting to get long. I want to talk about best practices for content management and um, a few common problems. But are there any more apps that we need to talk about? Uh, one last one. Okay. D delete contacts fast. 
It takes too many taps to delete a contact on your phone. This $1 app, you can like lay waste to your contacts database very quickly. So t- what do you mean? If you want to delete a contact, you got to edit, you got to scroll to the bottom and get a hit delete. Then you got to confirm. It's like five taps, right? Delete contacts fast does one thing. It deletes contacts fast. Yeah. It's great. Sometimes I just decide that, you know, I need to take people out of my life. Delete contacts fast takes care of that for me. Cool. All right. Um, That's the only other app I wanted to mention. All right. Co-book, smarter contacts, delete contacts fast. I just, you know, at the end of the day, I, I barely use any of those. It's just for me, the search bar and Siri. I, I guess I use the contacts app to the extent that that's where the iPhone sends me. But All right. Well, I um, want to talk about our last sponsor and then kind of talk about some of how we manage our contacts, which we've done a little bit throughout the show, and then some best practices and common problems. And, and then we'll wrap up, and I guess we'll talk about calendars next week. Um, But before we do, I want to talk about our last sponsor, and that is our good friends over at Squarespace. And Squarespace, as we've talked about before, is the all-in-one platform that makes it easy for you to create your own website. And of course, you can get a free trial if you're brand new and you want to start a brand new website, or even if you just want to import your existing website and see what it would look like and what it would be like to manage that site within Squarespace. You can use Squarespace for free for up to two weeks. They're not even going to ask you for your credit card. But if you do decide that Squarespace is for you, and I hope that you will, you can get 10% off if you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code MPU2 when you decide to sign up. And David and I both host all of our sites on Squarespace. And one of the reasons that I do that is because they are constantly updating their platform with new features. They've got new designs, new templates, and they've got really great support. And we talked about the templates and they've got dozens of gorgeous templates for you to start your site with, whether uh, you want to create a portfolio, whether you want to create a blog, whether you want to create an e-commerce solution, and then you can adjust these templates so that they're really custom for you. Uh, Everything is drag and drop, so it's really easy to add content directly uh, from your desktop or even rearrange the elements um, on the page. Maybe you want your sidebar on the right, maybe you want it on the left, maybe you don't want a sidebar. Everything is just either drag and drop or checkbox on and off with Squarespace. It is ridiculously simple. And you don't have to worry about, is my site going to look good on other browsers or on mobile platforms? Because Squarespace takes care of that. They make sure that your site looks good no matter where you are, because every Squarespace site has its own unique mobile design. Uh, You can also connect all of your social media accounts, such as Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Google, and more, uh, because uh, Squarespace does have a slew of social services. In fact, David, I don't know if you noticed, but I have done a couple of videos recently, and so I was able to embed those videos direct from YouTube or direct from Vimeo into my Squarespace site over at katiefloyd.me. And now in the sidebar, you're going to see links to all of my little social stuff, including my Twitter account, um, including my Vimeo site, and including my YouTube site. So if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, that would be really cool. Um, And Squarespace is really easy to use. And if you need help, they have a support staff who has helped me out of a bind uh, more time than often than once, um, and usually a bind that was my own causing. And they have over 70 employees in New York City. But Squarespace wanted us to let you know that uh, they are hiring. So if you want to work for an awesome company... Squarespace is looking to hire 30 engineers and designers by March 15th. So um, if you're a smart engineer and designer, and you probably are if you're listening to Mac Power users, uh, go check it out at be a part of 
it.squarespace.com and you can learn more about that. So maybe you can be the next person who helps me out of my Squarespace jam that I've usually created for myself. Um, but otherwise, uh, give Squarespace a try for free. Again, you don't need a credit card. And if you do decide to purchase, their plans start as low as $8 a month. And you even get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So thanks to Squarespace for supporting Mac Power users. And be sure you use coupon code MPU2 when you decide to join. Katie, you, you're really doing a great job over at katiefloyd.me lately. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I can it. tell you're really putting some effort into this. If anybody out there hasn't checked it out, you should go subscribe to Katie's website. Thank you, David. It means a lot. Um, so let's talk about some best practices for all this contact stuff. Okay. Um, we talked at the beginning how this is still a very difficult problem for a lot of people. And I think one of the, the easiest ways to solve your contacts problems is to simplify wherever possible. And it's kind of funny. You and I have kind of gravitated to the same solution, which is kind of unusual. Usually we kind of have different approaches to things. But for me, I have made an effort to get all of my personal contacts and Max Sparky related contacts into my iCloud account. And then my day job is a Office 365 exchange account. And those are the only, if you look in the sidebar in my contacts app, that's all you see. Yeah, that's what I've done too. Um, I have work contacts and I have personal contacts. I try to keep them segregated. There's a little bit of a bleed over. And if you're work related, you go into 365. If you're personal, you're an iCloud. Yeah. Now, what if you, you've, you've, you're kind of trying to get set on a more simplified path, but you've got stuff everywhere. You've got stuff in Gmail. You've got stuff in your old Yahoo account. You've got stuff on your phone that doesn't exist anywhere else. That can kind of be a daunting process initially for the, the first step of moving and consolidating all of your contacts. So I think the way to do that, if you decided that you want to simplify is first and foremost, back up your contacts. And we talked about how you could do that within the contacts app of um, exporting them to V cards and just saving them there. But what I would do is what I would suggest you to do is is find all the places where your your contacts live if they're on your iPhone if they're on your computer if they're scattered across various online services and then export all of those contacts figure out where you want them to be whether it's iCloud or Google or whatever and everything that's not where you want it to be export all of those contacts out of that service and then import them into the service that you want them to be in so if you want them all to be in Gmail export them out of Yahoo, export them out of iCloud, export them out of wherever, import them into Gmail. And then go ahead and once you know that they're in there, you're going to have a lot of duplicates right now in your Gmail account if this is the route that you decide to go. But at least you know you have everything in that Gmail account. And then delete all the contacts that you have in those those various different places. And now you can really have one place that you can concentrate on to really clean up those contacts. And you can use some of those services that we talked about, like Contacts Cleaner. And that will at least get you started. But I'll tell you, if your contacts are a mess, a lot of it's just time. Sometimes you just have to go through by, through there by hand and, and figure it out. That's what I call a baseball game project. You know, there's certain things on your Mac that are, are very low bandwidth and it's not something you want to sit and do for hours, but if you're in front of a baseball game where you know, there's a lot of downtime when you watch baseball, you, you could like get a job like that done as you sat there in front of the TV. Yeah, it's a good one. You can also copy contacts um, between accounts sometimes in the contacts application. Like as you were sitting there saying that I just, 
I thought you could do this, but I wanted to test it. I copied a contact from the Exchange account over to the iCloud account. And now it appears in both places. Yeah, so now you'll probably have to delete it out of your Exchange account. Yeah, it was just a test. I'm going to delete it from the iCloud account. But right. it, it um, you could do it that way, too. So um, some common <clears throat> problems, and um, I've, I've come across that maybe we can solve, and, and some of these are just people who have told me, and some of these we've, we've gotten feedback and email we solicited from. But uh, some people run into the problem, at least initially if they're kind of new to this, where their contacts are only on iOS. And uh, a prime example is you're just getting your first iPhone. And I think the stores now, whether it's Verizon or AT&T or wherever you go, will take your old phone and will transfer your contacts from your old phone to your iPhone. So you end up with your address book on your iPhone, but it's only locally on your iPhone and it's whatever address book you had previously on your on your let's call it your non-smartphone. And, and that, that leads to anarchy because then you start making changes and you think it's syncing and it's not. Because right now, if you're up to date, if you're running Mavericks and all, your your contacts that only live on your iPhone are not getting in sync. So we'll put a link. There's a, a link in the show notes to a Mashable.com article that they did back in August, but I think it's still up to date on how to get your contacts off of just your phone and get them into a service that syncs. And it's really not as hard as you think, and it's a lot easier if you do it early in the game. But basically what you have to do is just turn on iCloud syncing on your phone. And if you turn on the iCloud syncing on your phone, the first question it will ask you is if you want to merge the contacts on your phone with iCloud. And if you say yes, it will take the contacts on your phone, it will put them on iCloud. And you can verify that this is happening by go to iCloud.com in a web interface, and you should see, after you've given it time to complete its sync and time to merge, you should see the contacts from that were previously on your phone on iCloud.com. Now, yeah. from there, you can do what you want from them. Even in iCloud.com, you can export to a vCard file. So maybe if you don't ultimately want them on iCloud, maybe you want them in, in Gmail or whatever, you can export them and then re-import them into Gmail and delete them off of iCloud. That's fine. But you're at least you at that point you're you're using iCloud as just an intermediary to get those contacts off of being kind of locked in your phone and into more of a, a sync service. And if you decide that iCloud's the service that you want to use, um, you know, then you can go through and start cleaning up and merging from there. I think, you know, there's very few people that shouldn't be using a sync service for their contacts at this point because it's just so convenient. And now we have multiple devices. And don't you want the the right data on every device? I guess if you're like a sleeper agent, maybe you, you wouldn't want your phones on your contacts up in the cloud. I guess. But there, I mean, there's just not many people that, that wouldn't want that. So what what the, I think nine out of 10 or 99 out of 100 times when there's this problem, it's not that somebody's trying to keep the data private, it's just they don't even realize that it's private, that it's not being shared in the cloud. So um, and I think people listening to this show are by and large going to have figured that out already. But they're also going to be the troubleshooting person in their world. And it, inevitably, somebody's going to walk up to you. I, my wife had that just to me like within the last six months she says oh my 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 phone is broken i said well what's wrong she says well the contacts aren't syncing it's not working and it was just the problem she didn't have icloud syncing turned on somehow she had managed to turn it off and once i fixed that everything was good again and and i do want to you said you use the word privacy in there and i don't think that was the word you meant to use just because you have your contacts synced with the cloud service doesn't necessarily mean they aren't private yeah yeah um, yeah, that, you're right. 
Well, I, depending on which cloud service. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's true. Um, the the other common question we get is, you know, what do you do if you're in a family situation and you want to share contacts, but yet you don't want all of your spouse's contacts syncing with yours? And I, I guess I'll leave that more to you, David, because I don't really have that problem. Well, it's really easy. I mean, you, everybody has their own iCloud, um, their own iCloud account. I, it's time for that talk again, Katie. <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> have you, the talk. When you, when you're in a family. Um, Usually there's two things going on. Number one is you've spent a lot of money on uh, iTunes content like games and movies and apps and music, and you want to be able to share it with everyone. And so you would all like to share an account. But at the same time, you all have your own contacts, your own calendars, your own lives, your own email accounts, and you would like to have separate iCloud accounts. There's a setting on the phone and the iPad that allows you to set the account for the iTunes store separately from your iCloud account. And so what you want to do is use your shared account for the iTunes stuff and use everybody have their own personal iCloud account. And that's that's how the way it is in our family. So we all have our own iCloud accounts. And we'll talk about this a lot more in the episode we do on calendars. But for contacts, we all have our own contacts databases. My wife, my two daughters, I, we have our entirely own databases. Occasionally, there's overlap. And what we do then is we share a contact. So uh, giving the example I used earlier, if if Daisy wants to send, you know, a knife sharpener to Katie, she's going to say, hey, I don't have Katie's uh, address. So I'll share that contact with Daisy. And you do that. Uh, generally, I do it from the phone because it's just so easy. You hit the little share button and you can share it through either an email or a message or some other means. And she'll get a message from me that says Kate, Katie's contact. And if if Daisy taps that button, it captures the card and imports it into her contact database. Now that is separately in her database and then separately in mine. So if Katie tells me to update the phone number, uh, Daisy's not going to get that. She would have to separate separately update it. But in essence, we all keep our own contacts and I don't have to see all of the contacts of her friends and she doesn't have to see all the contacts of my friends and everything generally works out. Okay. Make sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think with calendars, sharing is more important than contacts. Uh, some people write in and say, hey, my wife and I, we just want to share a calendar and share contacts. We just want to use one iCloud account. I'm just not a fan of that. I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I, I think that the trade-offs are too expensive of, you know, because you run into conflicts and issues when two people are using the same iCloud account. You're better off just setting up two separate accounts. They're free and you can share calendars and you can share contacts anyway. I agree. And I think if you yeah. make the decision specifically that you want to have a shared contacts, just understand that you're going to run into some wonkiness. Yeah. And that's my yeah. word for it. I think that's a, the appropriate word or shenanigans. Okay. Shenanigans. Well, look, Katie Floyd, uh, you are absolutely right. We had enough content to do a whole show in context, which I didn't think was possible, but we did it. Well, all right. Well, um, let's kind of sign this out when tell people, remind people again to uh, be sure to join us for our live show on March 1st at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. and uh, Eastern time. And if you want to send us in your comments, your questions, your tips, uh, you can send those to feedback at MacPowerUsers.com. And if you want to send in an audio comment for that live show, you can attach it uh, as a audio file to that address as well. 
Yeah, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at Mac Power Users. Katie's at Katie Floyd, and I'm at Max Barkey. Yeah, and the um, the show is at MacPowerUsers.com or at 5x5.tv slash MPU. And I, I guess we know what we're talking about next time. I guess we'll talk all about calendars. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot to say there, too. And, well, what, before we go, before we go. I'm going to tease the next show because okay. I've done a bunch of work on this. Uh, I want to talk about the technology behind these calendars, how they sync and what the best apps are. But I also want to talk about just common sense calendar management and how to deal with it in a digital age. Cause there's some really great tools out there that I think can up your game. So that's my tease. Come back next time. We'll talk about that stuff. Uh, thanks also to our sponsors. One password on the outliner hover and Squarespace. We'll see you all on the live show, and otherwise, uh, have a great day. And we'll see you then. <laughs>